welcome to the breakout, how to process your emotions and not be ruled by them. So if you are in the wrong breakout, now is your time to leave and we will not be offended. But once we start, if you get up, we will be hurt. So um, if you're in the wrong one, no hard feelings, but um, it looks like we're ready to go. Wow. Awesome. Okay. So we're going to do a little, just a little survey. Uh, So if you could just raise your hand if uh, what I say applies to you. Have you ever felt sad? Okay. Have you ever felt angry? Wow. Okay. Have you ever felt embarrassed? Definitely. Okay. Have you ever felt happy? Have you ever felt something and wondered, I have no idea what that is? Yes, great. Okay, so you are all humans, um, and you all have emotions. So awesome. Uh, So we are going to be talking today, uh, which is very much like the title of our breakout, How to Process Your Emotions and Not Be Ruled by Them. Um, And so we are going to talk through just some things in our own lives and hopefully give you guys some tips um, on how to even see what's going on in your hearts. But first, I'm going to start by praying because we need God's help. Um, Is this working? It is. Okay, great. It just keeps getting in my mouth. I feel like it's kind of expensive to chew on. So, um, awesome. Okay, well, I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to get started. Heavenly Father, um, we thank you, God, for uh, who you are. We thank you, God, that you care about things like emotions and that your word uh, gives us instruction and wisdom um, and guidance on how to interact with them. So, Lord, I pray today that more than anything else, you are glorified. God, I pray um, that this breakout pushes people to you. Um, God, that it pushes them to seek you and to believe that you care about what they feel. So, God, would you help Molly and I um, as we teach and share our lives, God, and will you do what only you can do, which is change hearts um, and draw them back to yourself. I pray all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so I'm Elizabeth Hughes. I'm the Women's Director of Summit College, um, and I have with me the college pastor's wife. (laughs) Yes, which means we can do whatever we want in here, uh, basically. Uh, Molly Smith. So, yes. Cheers for Molly. Molly, do you want to give us just a brief intro of who you are? Oh, yeah. Um, I am the college pastor's wife. I'm Molly. I went to... um, School at UNC, Chapel Hill, if anybody cares about that. And um, I have two kids, and they're somewhere around here. Someone's watching them right now, I promise. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have any fun facts or anything to say. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's yeah um, we may get into this a little bit into the talk, but um, Molly actually looked at her journals uh, from college <laughs> to help prepare so um, if you guys are on your best behavior, maybe she will read one of them to us. She read it no. to Wes and I the other night, and we were crying. It's too awesome. cringy. It's too cringy. It's so good. So good. <laughs> um, okay, so emotions. That is what we're talking about, right? So emotions help us relate to each other. They communicate value. They motivate us, and they turn us towards God. And so the goal of this breakout, just before we get into it, is not to give you a five-step plan of how to become an emotionally healthy, perfect human. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not even to have you work harder on your own emotions. What the goal of this is, is for you to remember that God cares, Mm -hmm. right? So we have Psalm 62, 8, and this is kind of going to be what starts us off, um, and we're going to refer to this verse a lot, but um, this is just super encouraging. So it says, trust 
In him at all times, O people, pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. So pour out your heart, right? You're not supposed to, uh, you know, drip a little bit of your feelings into your time with God. You are to pour your entire heart out before him. And why does this verse say? Because he is a refuge. So because of who God is, that means all that is going on in our hearts, he wants. Because ultimately, as a Christian, he is after our hearts, right? He's not after us to perfectly obey or to have this right behavior all the time because he knows that we can't do that. But what he wants is a heart that loves him and desires him. And so he wants us to pour that out to him. And so we want you to keep that in mind throughout this, that the good, the bad, and the ugly, all of it, what's in your hearts, God wants. Um, and just to caveat this a little bit. So Molly nor I are mental health professionals. And so we know that things like depression, anxiety, mood disorders, personality disorders, trauma, all sorts of things do impact your emotions. No question. Um, but we are not uh, educated to talk about those things, mm -hmm. honestly. Um, and so today what we are going to be focusing on is how to deal with your emotions in everyday life. Mm -hmm. And so we absolutely believe that there are mental health professionals who can do a lot more than we can. But just to kind of caveat it, we're not going to get deep into the depths of like uh, depression and anxiety and all of that. Mm -hmm. um, so hopefully that is helpful to set this up. Um, and where we're going to start. So in order to understand um, our feelings and our emotions, we first want to start with God, right? Everything starts with him. Everything flows from him. And so we want to see first, does God have emotions? So Molly's going to walk us through that. Yes. Yeah, so um, God has emotions. If that, you know, Elizabeth and I, when we were prepping this, I was like, wait, is that wrong to say? Like, it felt sort of weird to say God has emotions. Um, but he does. Um, so just think about how that makes you feel. Does it make you feel surprised? Does it make you feel uncomfortable? Um, but here's the thing. God is perfect. So in how he reveals his emotions to us, it's never in sin. He is always feeling the exact appropriate response to what's going on. So um, we could spend literally all weekend going through the different examples of God's emotions in scripture, but we will not do that. Um, Instead, we're going to talk about a few examples of how we see it, even in each person of the Trinity. So um, God the Father, I think this is on your handout. Mm -hmm. Okay. The um, scripture references are. Okay. Elizabeth made the handout. She's fancy. Um, Zephaniah 3.17 says, He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. That is an intense display of joy. I mean, I don't really rejoice over any of my friends or sing over them or anything like that, but God is, is doing that as a father rejoices over his children. He, he feels that. Um, but also, we know it's not all just happy and rainbows all the time. We know that God also, um, Genesis 6, 6, in talking about the wickedness that was on the earth, it says it grieved God to his heart, the wickedness. So he has a, an appropriate response to wickedness, which is he is grieved by it. Um, Jesus, um, this is a really easy one to see emotions on display because he was fully God and fully man walking on this earth. And so we get to see him in these different situations. Um, Matthew 9, 36 is when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Um, John 11, the account of when Lazarus dies, um, that if you kind of want to go and just see Jesus's heart on display, that's a great place to start. Um, 
he, his friend Lazarus had just died, and Mary comes to Jesus. Mary is Lazarus's brother, and says, "Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died." Um, and it says, when he saw her weeping, and the Jews with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit. Um, and so, in Greek, that term "spirit" means the seat of affections emotions and passions of various kinds. So the center of how he was feeling, he was deeply moved, even though he knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. He still was moved with them. Um, and then the shortest verse in scripture is John eleven thirty five, 35. And it says, Jesus wept. Um, he wept. And then even later on in that same passage, it says he was deeply moved again. So he is moved um, by our pain. Um, Matthew 21, 12 when he went into the temple and saw people changing money and that um, it was not a house of prayer for all nations as it was meant to be, he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. He, was, he had an appropriate, he was angry at what he saw was happening in God's temple. Um, and then even, gosh, in the garden, that's another great, right before he went to the cross in the garden of Gethsemane, he was in mm. such turmoil because he mm. knew what he was about to do. Um, so Mark 14, 34 says, my soul is very sorrowful even to death. He is sorrowful even to the point of death. And then that's Luke twenty two forty four says, being in agony, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling to the ground. Like he was feeling the weight of what he was about to do for us. Um, okay, and then even the Holy Spirit. So we were actually confused. We were like, okay, what about the Holy Spirit? Um, but so Ephesians 4.30 says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. I think Josh was even saying last night, the Holy Spirit is a person, he, so he can be grieved. Mm. Um, and then Romans 8.26 for we, says, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes with us for us with groanings too deep for words. I mean, have you ever felt something that was just like too much to even like get out there? Like that is like, groanings too deep for words is how he's interceding for us um, mm. with the Father. So... Um, and again, he has, God is always perfect in displaying his emotions. And then we know that, so God made us in the beginning. Um, God created the earth and um, everything that we see, and we are part of that. And he made us to be image bearers of him. So Genesis 1:26, let us make man in our image after our likeness. So he made us with emotions. He, he didn't make us as these little like computer robot things to just move around on the earth. He made us with these emotions. Um, but the problem is, okay, I don't think any of us in here have always experienced that perfection of how we relate to our emotions. That is only God. Um, so there's a brokenness. We know sin, sin enters the world shortly after man and woman were created. Um, and so we are experiencing brokenness in how we relate to our emotions because of sin. So we're going to, Elizabeth's going to kind of unpack some of the broken side of how we feel our emotions. Yeah. So, okay, there's two extremes, uh, I think, of how you can deal with your emotions. So either your emotions are everything, right? They are ultimate truth. They guide your life. Everything that you feel, like everything is about how you feel, um, and that impacts everything. Or you are on the other side, and your emotions are nothing. And so we're kind of going to unpack those. And then just so you would have it, Molly and I and our lives fall on opposite sides. <laughs> so uh, we will even kind of dive into maybe what that looks like in our lives. Um, but first, for emotions or everything. So we want you guys to think through, if you had to pick one side, which one you think you would fall into. So I'm going to explain both of them. And so you can kind of be thinking in your head, okay, which one am I? 
Okay, so emotions are everything, so that side. They control or rule how you think, how you act, and how you experience all of life. How you feel is of supreme importance, and it actually defines you. Culture says what you feel is the most important thing about you. So that's a lot of what we're going through in our culture right now, right? Everything is about what you feel. You do you. You be you. Don't let anyone tell you you can't. Um, Okay, so this may lead you to be someone who feels like you need to express yourself at all costs. You maybe have thought or said things like, I need to just get this off my chest. I'm just saying what I feel. I just need to be honest. You have got to communicate what your feelings are. So this can then lead to actions that we choose based off of how they make us feel. So for example, you could either be someone who pulls away from a friendship because that friendship doesn't make you feel good. It makes you feel bad about yourself. Or you could be pulled towards doing community service because it makes you feel like a good person. So again, in both of those, what is driving you is how you feel. And the end goal of this extreme is exactly that, feelings. So we want to remember that emotions are good, okay? They are really, really good. And even what Josh was talking about last night, we should actually seek out emotions and experience God in those ways because it's something that he's made, right? We are not robots like Molly's saying who just are like, God, we trust you and we'll just sit here and not feel anything. No, we are to express ourselves. And that's even an amazing way that we get to engage with God. But we have to be careful that feeling and emotion cannot become the end goal, right? It can't, to be happy, to feel a part of something, to feel successful. Feelings cannot be the end goal of life. Okay, so that's emotions or everything. So maybe you're like, okay, maybe I'm that. The other side is emotions are nothing. They can't be trusted, you think. They are a problem to be dealt with. They're a sign of weakness or immaturity. Um, you think that you need to be stoic and unfazed by life, and maybe you have a mantra of suck it up, right? Mm-hmm. If it's hard, just suck it up and get through it. Mm-hmm. Um, things uh, like negative emotions, such as sadness, anger, grief, fear, or shame, you think all of them are sin, and all of them mean you lack faith or you don't trust God enough if you feel them. Um, The church culture with this one, and again, Josh was kind of getting at this last night, can even pit emotions and following and obeying God or truth against each other, as though you can't have both. And if we ignore our emotions and we fight to suppress them at all costs, we will miss out on deeper intimacy with God. And so if you think emotions are nothing or you're just scared of them being too extreme, you really will actually rob yourself of a lot of that intimacy that comes from pouring out your heart to your father. Um, And also emotions, we need to remember this, they are a vital source of information about the deeper problems going on in our hearts. So if you ignore them, you will probably have a lot of things going on in your heart that you will not be handling with the Lord or with community. So emotions are everything or emotions are nothing. You want to think which one you are. So Molly, would you like to share with us which one you fall under and uh, how that plays out in your life? Yes, um, I am definitely falling under the emotions are everything category. I got a lot of feelings a lot of the time. Um, Even this week, I'm like, So basically, if anyone ever asks you to help with a talk on something, just say no, because God's going to humble you in whatever you're talking about. Because this week, I was extra grumpy, extra irritable, short with my family. I mean, it was really, really humbling. Um, But I have kind of, 
I also asked Wes to help me think of some examples of when I have been overreacting to something. And he was like, are you sure? Like, am I okay to give you examples? It seems kind of dangerous. But um, one example I can think of was actually when I was single. I had, um, it was my first year out of college and it was Christmas. And um, my, I was working on staff with Campus Outreach College Ministry at the time. And um, so yeah, I was home and um, my I don't really do well with receiving gifts. Like, I feel weird about gifts. Oh, great. I didn't staple them together. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> I told Elizabeth, I was like, I didn't, I didn't even staple this. I don't have a stapler in my house. I have a stapled one. Well, I have a wrote on this one. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's that. okay. See? I'm, if they're out of order, it's, it's what got fine. It's it'll, fine. It'll make sense eventually. Okay. So, um, anyways, it was Christmas. So, we were all opening presents, me and my sister and my parents, and my dad comes out of the back room with this big box. And I was like, whoa, what's in there? I didn't, I didn't ask for whatever's in that big box. I open it up, and it's a, um, it's a KitchenAid stand mixer. I don't know if you guys know what that is. It's something that your parents probably have in the kitchen. It helps you bake things. It's, it's a nice piece of, like, kitchen equipment. It was probably, like, $200, maybe more than that. I'm it's not sure. More, yeah. Elizabeth says it's more than that, which might get me set off on it all again. But um, so I opened it and I just started going, no, 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 no. Put it, packaging it back in the box, start sobbing. And my parents were looking like, huh, we thought she was going to be excited about this. She loves to bake. I'm weeping on Christmas morning saying, no, this represents that I, I'm single and this is highlighting that I'm single right now. Like, this is a married gift that you get. Also, I don't know if I'm going to eventually go overseas, so I can't be tied to America because I have the stand mixer now in my kitchen. My parents are just looking in shock. My sister's opening her gift like, well, this isn't fun anymore. I cried so much, we had to quit opening presents and try again the next day. I was 23 years old. Like, this was not like I was five and had a meltdown. It's like I was an adult. And so, um, yeah, that was one of many experiences. I could tell you lots more, but we don't have time for that. So did you have to reopen it the next day if you were redoing Christmas? Yeah, well, I had, my dad had a heart-to-heart -heart with me, which is good. He was like, okay, there's something going on here. And it was actually a good conversation. And then we, we didn't bring it out. I think I kept it in the box for like a couple months. And then I was like, okay, now I can open the, I set it up. I still have it, still have it. So, yes. Yeah. So anyone can overcome anything with your emotions. That's <laughs> yeah. what you can walk away with. Yes, um, yes that's awesome. Okay. Oh so gosh. I am more on the side of the emotions are nothing kind of person. And obviously like you can be different sides and different seasons um, and your emotions are messy and not perfect, which at the end of this talk, you'll probably walk out even more confused. Um, but that's okay. Yeah. Fist bump in the back for confusion. Yes. Uh, great. Okay. So I was raised in a family and I think like the culture of our family was kind of like, you know, be happy. And if you're not, fake it till you make it. Like no one really needs to hear how you're actually doing. Stuff it under the rug. Um, and so I 100% thought, like, crying, being upset, um, being stressed, basically any emotion that wasn't happy meant that you were weak, mm -hmm. like there was something wrong with you, like you had some problem because you're sad about something. Um, and so I definitely just, like, did not process any of my emotions um, and had a lot of hard things going on, especially in high school with my family. Um, got to college and realized like, oh, there is all this crap I have never sorted through and I don't even know how to talk about it. Like I didn't even know how to say like, 
I'm sad. This hurts. Like, I just did not know what I felt, and so I would do anything I could to avoid it. Um, I was like, well, I'll just have a lot of friends, and I'll just, you know, live my life how I want to live it and do whatever I want to do. Um, and so I was definitely really avoidant. And still, even like Molly's saying, the week of teaching, um, you always realize that uh, what you're preparing is actually probably more for you. So even this week, I was really stressed with WinCon um, and just lots of details with that. And I really wrestled with the Lord of just like avoiding him. I felt very much uh, like in the story of Mary and Martha that I was the one who was like, no, 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 I need to get all this stuff done. I don't have time to be with you, God. Um, and so I really felt like even this week, I was like avoiding some of the things that God was asking uh, me to invite him into. Um, and so it is definitely still a struggle, but uh, for sure, especially in college, like emotions to me were scary and uh, I just didn't want to go there. So I just had fun in my own little world until you're forced to face it. Good thing you stapled him. Yeah, good thing I stapled him. <laughs> um, okay. So those are our two sides from kind of our personal experiences. Um, and so now we're going to break down how you can be um, in this emotions are nothing or emotions are everything. So these are just like two ways for each in particular that this may play out. So one is that you could be avoidant of emotions. So that is kind of what I had expressed um, is a lot of what I still struggle with. Um, and so what it can look like outwardly in your life um, is you refuse to take time to figure out what's going on in your heart, and therefore you avoid and distract from all strong emotions. So your avoidance can look different. Um, so that's where community and self-awareness and asking God to highlight this is really helpful. It could be Netflix. I mean, I know people when they're sad, they're like, what do I do? I watch TV. So that would be avoidance. Um, Netflix, social media, overfilling your schedule. Maybe you just think if you're busy, uh, you won't actually have to deal with anything in your life. Um, and that's very unhealthy. That's not good. Um, maybe you fill your schedule with people. You're like, I'm happiest when I'm with people and I don't feel lonely. And so I'm always just going to be with people. Um, or you're always going from one thing to the next. You have little time for solitude and self-reflection. That is like your enemy. You're like, nope, because I don't know what's in my heart. So I'm not going to take time to figure it out. It's scary. It's dark. Um, so some things that could be going on underneath within your heart could be that you don't believe that God is good, right? You, you don't want to engage with him on the hard things in your life, the suffering, because you don't actually believe that he's good. He's allowing it to happen, and so you don't trust him. Um, maybe you think that there is nothing for you in suffering or pain. You don't believe that God is sovereign over it or that he even has good in that itself, Maybe you don't like being out of control and actually figuring out what your emotions are. You release a lot of control because you're inviting God into that and community into that, and it's very vulnerable. Um, or maybe you're someone who just keeps settling for temporary pleasure over long-term health. You're just like, you know what? I'll deal with it one day, and that day is not today. And so you just keep putting it off and off and off. Um, and so some scripture to cling to if you find yourself in this category. Uh, I love this one. Um, in 1 Peter 5, Peter says that we can cast all of our anxieties on God. Do you know why? Because he cares. That's why he says you can cast your anxieties on it. It's not because like, oh, you're really screwed up and you can't handle this. Or, oh, you know, you're just going to 
ruin your life if you don't. He says, because God cares about you, that is why you can throw all of your anxieties on him. Uh, we also have Psalm 34:18. This is one that God brings me back to a lot. It says uh, in that Psalm that God is near to the brokenhearted and the crushed in spirit. And I will pray a lot to the Lord. I will be like, God, if I am brokenhearted and bear before you, then your promise is that you will be near. Mm -hmm. So be near to me. And so even in that Psalm, we see that brokenheartedness being open and honest and pouring out our hearts before God invites him in. There is an intimacy I promise you, you will miss out on if you do not go to those deep, dark places with God. Um, and the last one is 2 Corinthians 1. It's talking about God as the father of comfort and mercy is that he allows us to comfort others, but that comfort comes from the comfort that we have received from him. So those are just some scripture to kind of ground you if you find yourself in that category. So the next one is maybe you're someone who downplays your emotions. So what this looks like is you're constantly brushing off any emotion. You're acting like they don't matter. Everything is fine. Um, you probably say that a lot. You're like, this is happening, but it's okay. This is happening, but I'm fine. And everyone's like, we don't need to be convinced of that. It sounds like you're trying to convince us. Um, but you probably do that a lot. You won't allow yourself to act appropriately to the given situation. So maybe you are going through something hard, but you are refusing to admit that it is hard and you are downplaying it. Um, and oftentimes you fear being dramatic. And so instead you swing totally the opposite way and you have very little emotions or what you do have, you just brush away. And you can do this to yourself. So for sure you can be saying this internally, but that can also become the counsel and the way that you speak to other people is you can become someone who downplays their emotions. Um, and so what could be going on underneath is maybe you're scared of your emotions. Maybe you have a fear that you might, if you go into those deep, dark places of your soul with the Lord, you may fear that you will never come out of it. Um, you also are constantly trying to stuff your emotions down and keep them level. Um, and you don't believe God cares probably, and you definitely, definitely don't want to show weakness. And so some scripture to cling to if you fall into this category. One is 2 Corinthians 12, 9, where Paul says, he's quoting here, he says, uh, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in your weakness. So that is what God is saying to us, right? He's saying, no, your weakness because of me becomes an advantage because my grace is actually what's going to sustain you, but also my power is what's going to be seen. So that, those are for emotions are nothing. All right. My area of expertise, emotions are everything. Um, so yeah, I'm at the front of the line as someone who operates this way. Um, so, so first we'll talk about unhindered emotions. So what this could look like, this looks like someone who's like pretty quick to anger, quick to speak, not a ton of like self-control with how um, things are coming out of their mouth. Um, it can also be someone who's like spilling out in like their happiness, but not like not reading the room super well that people are like suffering, you know. Um, it can also look like evaluating your week, your life sort of on a week by week basis. So like this week is amazing. I love God. I love people. I love my major. I love my friends, you know, whatever. And then the next week something happens. Everything is terrible. It's, 
I'm changing my major. I don't like any of my friends. And is God there? I don't know. You know, it's, it's that kind of like highs, lows. Um, so the tricky thing with this, and, and Elizabeth mentioned it at the beginning, especially thinking about our culture, um, this can mask itself as authenticity, which is like, it's a big thing in our culture right now. Like, be true to yourself. That is the highest value. Um, that is how you will, you know, experience life is being true to yourself. And a lot of times that can overflow into like almost harm of others. Um, so what's probably going on underneath for this person, aka for me, um, you're valuing being heard and expressing your emotions as the utmost importance. Um, and you're acting on the impulse of what you feel instead of how God is asking us to live. Um, for me, a lot of times it's an obedience problem. Like I don't want to obey what God is asking me to do in the moment. Um, Okay, so we mentioned this um, passage at the beginning, but Psalm 62 says, Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. So here's the thing. God can handle all of your emotions. It's not too much. If you are feeling like you're too much, it is not too much to God. He is not, he's not put off by that. Um, he, can, he can handle it, and he calls, us, he calls himself our refuge. So he can take it all. Um, and he is meant to be our first refuge and not other people. Um, the other thing is, um, Philippians 2 says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. So if you're lashing out at people in your anger, um, and if you're valuing your, valuing your feelings being heard over loving them well and honoring God, that is a problem. That, I mean, this is what I... I can feel so wronged in the moment that I'm like, I don't care. You need to hear how you made me feel instead of, um, you know, sitting and, and being obedient to the Lord. Um, and even in that Philippians 2, if you keep reading, Jesus is our answer for how to do this. He took the form of a servant and he humbled himself. He was wronged um, and he never acted in sin. Um, and the last kind of thing with this, I just want to say, like we said, our culture says freedom is found in acting on everything you feel. But here's the thing. John 8, 36 says, so if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. So unleashing your emotions on someone does not have the power to set you free like Jesus does. Mm. Only Jesus can do that. Mm -hmm. um, and I am saying this to myself as the chief of sinners in this. Um, okay, so the other one would be the overanalyzing over emotions. I meant... Elizabeth mentioned it earlier. I did find my journals from college and I wasn't overanalyzing a lot of things. There was a lot going on there. Um, so this is me too. I just get, I just want to pick apart everything. So this can look like always trying to figure out why you're feeling, what you're feeling, have to name it exactly, why you're feeling it. And what this can kind of turn into is elevating your emotions over obedience. So you're kind of saying, whoa, 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 I got to figure everything out first then I'll be in control and then I'll be able to stop this behavior or then I'll be able to act this way. Um, and what this can kind of do is eliminate dependence on God and just highlight dependence on yourself. Um, and yeah, again, the heart issue. I will only be okay if I understand everything about why I feel the way that I feel. Um, so Psalm 139 is a great um, scripture to kind of com combat this. It says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So this is, instead of us being God, 
we will never be all-knowing like God. He knows us way better than we know ourselves. He knows every messed up motive and feeling behind everything that we've ever done. And so with this, this is kind of a shift. Instead of I am in charge and I need to figure this out, humbly submitting yourself to the Lord and saying, okay, God, you search me and lead me and I'll follow you, God. I won't follow my emotions. I'm going to follow you. So, um, okay. So now that we've kind of laid that out, um, take a minute and turn to your neighbor, I guess, however you do that, um, and share which one of these you most commonly struggle with. Okay. Great job. Yeah. Over at the free time, you guys can, um, talk about your feelings. So, Great. Uh, let's just do another show of hands. So if you think you fall on the emotions are everything scale, obviously these are extremes. So mm-hmm. you're someone like, I'm in the middle. Okay, we know that. Like people are in the middle, <laughs> but pick one. Okay, so raise your hand if you think your emotions are everything kind of person. Okay. okay. Emotions are nothing. Okay. It okay. It's like half and half. It kind of looks like half and half with the nothing people, maybe a little more of you, but... Great. Oh, that's so fun. Okay, awesome. So we have talked about God has emotions, right? And so we know that we are made in his image. Therefore, we have emotions. But because of sin and the brokenness of our world, we do not always engage those emotions in a godly way. So we have kind of given you a couple ways to self-diagnose, if you will, uh, where you're at with emotions or everything or emotions or nothing. And so now we are going to move into how do you actually engage your emotions in a healthy way that honors God, right? Because that is what we want to do. So like we said before, emotions show us what is going on in our hearts. So they are very, very important. All over scripture, we see that what God is after is the heart. So if emotions are a key indicator of what is going on in our hearts, then it is important that we are doing the work and learning how to engage them in a godly way. And so Molly and I have kind of come up with uh, a three-step process uh, for how to do this. So it is going to be pretty general on purpose because emotions are messy and there are so many of them, uh, but hopefully this will be helpful. And so it may seem like kind of thinking through like, okay, every time I feel something, do I need to like do this? Um, And no, you don't always need to do this step process. But the goal of this is, is if you begin to learn how to engage with your emotions in a God-honoring way, as you continue to mature in Christ, you are going to develop these muscles to learn how to do this with community um, and to learn how to lean on God in this. So uh, we're going to go through this. But remember, we are not doing this apart from God. Psalm 139, keep that in the back of your head, that God is the one who searches our hearts. Mm -hmm. So it's okay if you're like, wow, I don't even know how to do this. Great. If you are a Christian and you have the spirit of God inside of you, then God will help you. Mm -hmm. Okay? So first part, we are going to identify what you are feeling. So that seems pretty basic, right? Um, for the feelings or everything people, they're like, um, hello, I have like a list of 20 things I'm feeling. Um, the emotions are nothing people. They're like, wait, you can feel more things than sad and happy. Oh, okay, (laughs) great. Um, yes. So for this part, you don't need to get stressed about like figuring out the exact label of your emotions. Like you don't need to find the perfect word, but what this is getting at is you want to get to a place where you can identify, I am feeling off. If that's where you start, that's okay. Or I'm feeling something, but I can't explain it, but I know it's there. 
So you want to identify that you are feeling something and not just brushing past it. Um, and so what's going to be really important for this is time and space to be with the Lord. Again, if God is the one who searches our hearts, if you are not spending time with him, how are you going to have that happen, right? You're not going to know what's going on because you're not going to be with him um, and be spending time with him. Um, and so Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 is something you can really cling to as you're spending time alone with the Lord, trying to figure out what's going on in your heart. Um, so it says this, since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with, with our weaknesses. I'm going to read that part again because this is insane, okay? For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with us in our weaknesses. God, just like Molly was saying, sent his son Jesus who was fully God and fully man. And the Bible says that he can sympathize with you. The fully God, fully man, he cares about how you feel and he can sympathize with you in it. So it says that, yeah, we have a high priest who has, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with us in our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So that should encourage you that as you are going to these places with the Lord, that you have Jesus who is able to sympathize with you, who has been through all of it. He has been tempted in every area just like you, yet he didn't sin. And with confidence, you are able to draw near to him and you receive grace and mercy in your time of need. And so go with confidence as you are trying to identify what you are feeling. Be with God alone. And for some of you, that is like the scariest thing. And that's the first step. Um, so a couple practical things to just help you even in this time alone with God. You may laugh, which is okay. But there's this thing called a feelings wheel. So you can Google it. And there are a lot of feelings you could be feeling. So on this wheel, it uh, shows, it kind of starts with the core emotions like fear, anger, sadness, um, and goes out and um, articulates other things that you could be feeling. So honestly, it sounds kind of silly, but for someone like me, it's actually really helpful. Um, so you could even start there. Journaling, I mean, every counselor will tell you if you come in to see them, they usually tell you to be journaling. Um, it's not because they don't know what else to say. It's because journaling, honestly, is so helpful because what it does is it makes you take what's going on in your head and your heart and putting it on paper and you're able to look at it and see what's going on. And it makes you slow down, right? Unless you have a really fast hand and you can write like as fast as you can think, you have to slow down and you have to be like, okay, let me think about that. Let me write that out. So journaling is really, really helpful as you're getting with the Lord to try to identify what's going on. Then also wise counsel is a huge piece. You guys need people in your lives, I cannot say this enough, who will point you back to truth and who won't just side with you and say everything you feel is okay. Mm -hmm. If those are the only friends that you have, you gotta find some people who are going to push against you in a loving way and who are gonna challenge you. Um, and so you wanna ask community questions like, what emotions do you see in me most often? because they probably see some things, so ask them. And what do they look like when I show them? So if you are someone who has trouble identifying them, ask your friends, what emotions do you see in me most often and how do you see them coming out? 
Am I quick to anger? Am I quick with my tongue? Do I withdraw? Your community is going to be able to help you identify those things. And then lastly, a counselor can also be really helpful for that piece. Okay, so next, after you've identified it and you've labeled on some level what you're feeling, maybe you just know you're off, you're going to move into examining why you're feeling it. And so, of course, God is involved in this part as well. Um, And so there are kind of two things I think you want to focus on. Um, And a lot of times in the church, we focus on with our emotions, we think that they're always a result of sin. So you're always asking, like, what is God teaching me? Um, Where am I not trusting him? Uh, What am I loving more than him? What lies am I believing? Um, Yeah, what has become too important in your life that you're not satisfied with what God has given? And so don't hear me say throw those out. No, 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 no. There is sin and all of that mixed in with our emotions, but not every one of them is sin. So you want to hold those questions and do that searching and examining while also holding ones that are suffering questions. So those are examining your circumstances because your circumstances absolutely affect your emotions. So some things you could ask for that is what kind of life transitions have you faced recently? Um, Honestly, this is something I will ask girls when I meet up with them all the time when they're feeling really stressed and emotional. I'll be like, how are your sleeping and eating habits and your exercise habits? Because honestly, if you get three hours of sleep, yes, you're going to be acting crazy the next day because you need more sleep than that. Um, Do you feel like you understand your roles at work, at school, home, with friends? So any confusion in your roles in life? And also um, any changes that have happened in your peer relationships? Those also, because we are relational beings, relationship issues have a huge impact on us. And so you want to be asking those questions too as you're examining what's going on. So we have the sin questions and the suffering questions and we are to weave them together because honestly, in most situations, there's probably both involved. Um, And so you want to figure out which emotions are good and godly and what are selfish and destructive because also those are probably both mixed in. And so that's why we need the Lord's help and community's help to sort it through. So we've identified our emotions. We know what we're feeling. We're examining why we're feeling it. We're seeing what factors, what sin patterns, what circumstances are involved. And the last part that we have is we're going to respond. So you want to respond in a God-honoring way. But everyone has a choice, right, to act in sin or not. We have a choice in everything that we do, what we think, what we feel, what we say, how we act. Uh, We have a choice if we obey God or not. So um, you want to be thinking through that and and really searching God's word um, to know what God loves and what God hates because that is going to help you figure out how to respond in these situations. And you cannot do that apart from the word of God, Mm -hmm. right? Because if you do not know God, how are you possibly going to respond in a way that honors him? And so as God is revealing, absolutely, lies you're believing, things that you're clinging to that isn't him, you want to search his word for what it says, and you want to fight with everything in you to cling to those promises. Um, And so this process, again, is not I mean, Molly and I were even talking, we were like, we don't even always do this. Like, I don't sit down. I'm like, first I'm going to identify, then I'm going to examine, then I'm going to respond. Um, <laughs> but it has kind of become, as we've matured, again, not perfectly, um, 
But even I think since we've been in college, just over like 10 years, I think I can see how God has trained me and taught me more and more how to do this. Mm. And what this process does, if anything, is it widens the gap between how I feel and how I respond. And that is really good because a lot of times your first instinct of response when you're feeling something really strongly may not be the best. Even if it is a good response, there is no need to rush it and have it right away before you have wrestled with the Lord over it. So, okay, this part, now we're going to go through a little bit of a case study Mm. with Molly. She has been really gracious to volunteer um, and walk Mm. through what these look like in a certain situation from her life in college. And so we're going to get the whiteboard because uh, we need that and visuals are helpful. It's kind of old school. Yeah. So I'm going to try to help. Yeah, we're going to move the whiteboard. We're moving it? Uh, no, we don't. Well, yeah. We can. Can you guys see? Can I be honest? See it? Oh, you can. Yeah, he, they can't see oh, over there. Oh dear. Yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. Okay. So this is a really. Oh, it's Wait, a heavy. We're just putting thing. it up. Okay. I, didn't I was know. thinking we could just uh, in the middle and then we'll oh then roll we'll it out of the way. Okay. We didn't practice this. This is okay. This is improv for you. <laughs> okay. Take it away, Molly. Okay. So um, I, like I said, went into the archives. I found a storage tub of my journals from college and um, spent some time looking through them. A um, couple things I read out loud to Wes and we had a good laugh about them. But um, a lot of it, I was like, this is taking me back. Like this is, um, you know, I could give you an example from this week of like my kid not sleeping, but I think most of you probably aren't dealing with that right now. So um, I'm trying to do something more relatable. So the sit- we'll kind of just describe the situation. So this is me, Molly, and I was a senior in college, Okay. Um, I was about to go on staff with, co- with a college ministry. I was involved with a college ministry. I was, um, my sort of um, ministry focus was in the sorority um, that I was in. So I was living in the house. Um, and yeah, so we're just kind of at that big transition point. How many seniors are in here? Okay. I feel for you guys. It's tough. Um, okay. So if we're going through what Elizabeth and I laid out, or what Elizabeth laid out, we're going to identify first the feeling. So um, when I was going through these journal entries, almost every one of them started with, I feel off. I was just like, Father, I feel off. There's a lot going on. And I was like, okay. It's like I'm counseling myself back then. I'm like, okay, Molly, you got this. Um, so some other things I was feeling as I was reading, once I started fleshing it out a little bit, I was feeling irritable. Oh, gosh. Um, annoyed. <laughs> feeling jealous. Um, and so, yeah, there were a lot of feelings going on there. So we'll kind of do a little circle. Oh, I don't think I give myself enough room. All right. So that's kind of what was going on. Just straight up. There's the feeling. Uh, the next thing I, uh, we're going to do is examine. So um, there were a couple of things that I think are contributing to this as I'm reading through my journals. So um, one would be, I was not sleeping great. Who in college sleeps great? Um, I don't really know. Um, so I was living in the sorority house at the time. So people were coming back from the bars at like three in the morning. It would wake me up. I'd be like, this is super annoying. Um, so yeah, that was the situation there. Um, also, I stayed up late anyways. So let's not act like I was like, hey, guys, I'm trying to go to bed early. Um, okay, so then I was feeling lonely. Um, I was one of the only Christians living in my sorority house, which is just kind of hard. Um, I remember one of my journals was like, I don't know who I'm going to eat lunch with. Like it's, you know, it's all my friends who were Christians were doing other things. So that was hard. Um, okay. The other thing I was, so yeah, I was jealous. Um, 
Sorry, I'm trying to get my arrows right. Um, jealous, I was comparing my ministry to others. So um, I was, you know, again, the sorority ministry was just hard and it was slow going. And so um, I would see my friends show up to meetings with like 10 girls with them and I maybe got one girl to come with me and she didn't really want to be there in the first place. So um, that was hard. I was comparing. So um, the last one, I was worried about the future. Um, I was about to raise support, um, which is, was daunting. Uh, I didn't have a boyfriend. I was like probably going to be single and, you know, not knowing how that was going to play out. Who are my friends going to be? There's a lot going on of what is coming up next. So, all right, then we're going to talk about responding. So this is not scientific, these circles. <laughs> we didn't really think through like deeply how this would go. Okay, so um, here are all of the examining out here in these bubbles. So let's, let's respond to each of these contributing things. So not sleeping well, that is just a part of being, of me choosing to do sorority ministry. Like I was living in the house, it was just gonna be loud. So this, I needed to acknowledge that that is just hard um, and ask God for help. Um, to strengthen me. He is able um, <laughs> to provide rest even when I'm not physically able to change anything about that. Um, okay. Okay, lonely. So yeah, I think the first thing, if, if we're talking about a truth to apply to this, um, Matthew 28, when Jesus says, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So remembering what Jesus says, I am, even though I feel alone, I feel like I'm the one weird Christian here. Um, I'm not alone because I have Jesus with me. The other a practical step on that, oh, I meant to do the arrows out like this. Okay, because we're responding. Look, we're responding out. Okay, um, so, so awesome. um, I needed to tell someone. I think a lot of times when you're lonely, you're feeling sad about it, but you don't really want to tell anyone because you don't want to be that person that's lonely. But it would have really helped if I had let one of my friends know, hey, I'm lonely. Can you pray for me? Can you come to lunch with me at my sorority house, please? Um, Okay, worried about the future. So Luke 12 um, says, Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. I needed to believe that he was going to take care of me. Um, and then here we have jealousy and comparing ministry to others. Um, 1 Corinthians 12 talks about how the body has different parts and they all work together. I needed to acknowledge that we are all playing a different part in, in the body. And what my friends are doing was good. What I was doing was good. And God had us on different, just different roles at the time. And also all of the growth belongs to God anyways. So, all right, there's my life um, in college. So do you have anything you want to say about that? It's beautiful, I know. <laughs> yeah, no, this is awesome. And too, like, I think how you were able to apply truth to each one of them, mm -hmm. I mean, it's really awesome to be able to like hold on to that, even as you are acknowledging like there are circumstances, there are things that make me feel this, but God's word has things to say about it. Yep. All circumstances, God's word has things to say. So that's awesome. Yep. Thank you, Molly. Dun, dun, dun. Um, also, I was, you know, Elizabeth said this, I think. It's not like my journals necessarily, I didn't, I didn't know about those circles. Um, that's a new thing. Um, <laughs> but it's, it, it, is, it was kind of flowing that way. And I feel like, like we said, almost the more you do that, the more naturally your, your mind kind of thinks through how you're feeling in those that yeah. way. Um, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. Yes, yeah, so you guys can start doing this for your journaling. Just circle, circle, circle. Yeah. My house. That's great. <laughs> cool. Well, hopefully this has been helpful too for you guys to be able to see like you have a place to start. Like we want you guys uh, in 
on that sheet, you probably took notes on it, which is totally fine, but um, you can go home and think of just a situation in your life and practice this. Mm -hmm. So something you're going through that's either stressful or hard and start thinking, what am I feeling? Identify it, examine why you're feeling it, and then how God is asking you to respond. Mm -hmm. Um, And hopefully that'll be really helpful. But to wrap this up, why is this important? Okay, I was thinking about this. So Matthew 22, Jesus gives the greatest commands, right? He says the first one is that we are to love him with all of us, right? Heart, mind, soul, everything in us. Number one in life, we are to love God. And number two, we are, yeah. Number two, we are to love others as ourselves. And so even something like learning how to engage your emotions in a godly way is going to help you do both of those things, right? It is going to help you see your need for God. It is going to help you rely on him and not on yourself and ask him for help and with confidence approach him. And then in turn, that is going to help you love other people. And so this has great value for your life and college is not too late to start. Mm. I know adults who are in their 40s and 50s and older who are just now dealing with stuff that happened when they were in high school and college. And God is so gracious, right? He's so kind. He takes care of us. But a lot of them have said before, I wish I learned how to do this when I was younger. And you guys in this room, no doubt, have been through some really, really hard things. Mm -hmm. So hopefully this just encourages you more than anything to pour out your heart before God because he is a refuge. So if you start there, you're good to go. That's good. Um, so yeah, we want to end again with Jesus. Um, first, I, I, I was praying this morning in between <laughs> trying to get my kids ready to come here. Um, and I just felt like um, there might be someone here who just came because you're just sad. Um, life might be hard for you. Um, and you might just be like, I'm here because I'm sad and I don't know what to do. And I just felt like Um, to share with you, Revelation 21 um, says that he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore Mm -hmm. for the former things have passed away. So if you are in that place, if you have had something really hard happen to you, um, Jesus is going to wipe your tears away. He's going to do that. Um, So I just wanted to encourage you. I just felt like somebody maybe needed to hear that. Um, so if you're like me, if you're someone who has been all over the place with your emotions, um, you need to know that Jesus perfectly engaged with emotions in the life that he lived in your place. He um, was hungry and he never got hangry. You know, he was, he was uh, I'm hangry all the time. <laughs> um, he was tired and he never was short with people. People asked him ridiculous questions and he was never short with them, even when he was pressed um, on every side. And um, know that you have that record. Um, and then on the cross, so Jesus paid for every time you have sinfully acted on your emotions. Mm. Every time you have been a jerk to your parents or to your friends or Mm. any time you've lashed out in anger, he took it. It's Mm -hmm. all, Mm -hmm. all of it is on the cross. And um, then because he was raised from the dead, the spirit is able Mm. to change you. Mm -hmm. Um, Do not believe the lie that you will always be this way. Mm. That 
well, well, I've been this way for this long. God can't really do anything. That is literally a lie from the accuser. And that is not what your father says about you. He mm. can change you. And this, if, if he can defeat death, he can change these sinful patterns in your life. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to encourage y'all with that. Um, Jesus is so good and he is so worthy and so able to, to help us with all of it. He is mm. in the business of doing work in dead and desolate places. So mm. um, yeah, I think that's all. Should I pray? Yeah, okay. go for it. I'll pray for you guys. Um, thank you, Jesus. Um, I don't know, just that you were a man who walked on this earth, who had feelings, um, and you display them in your word, and we get a record of, of your heart towards things. God, um, we see it with God the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Um, would you help us, Father, care about your heart? Um, would you help us want to engage our emotions in a way that honors you, God, in a way that, um, I don't know, even the ministry almost of tears, that if a friend is hurting and crying with them, mm-hmm. that they would see Jesus crying with them, yeah. just like you did in John 11 when mm-hmm. um, Mary and Martha were so distraught, God. And um, I pray that you would help us not be afraid of whatever hard feelings we have, whatever darkness it is that, that we are afraid of, um, because Dark is not dark to you. you. You bring it to light, and we do not need to fear anything that we yeah. feel because you um, are with us and you are powerful. And so I pray that you would help those of us who need change. Jesus, um, we just humbly ask that you would change us. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those of us who just need help, um, even yeah. figuring out what's going on, please just show your kindness and, and your goodness and your tenderness with us. You're so tender with us, God. Um, so we thank you for this, God. We thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.